Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. This is the seventh episode, and we have somewhat of a slam-packed episode for you. Uh, We have the uh, wedding special of Teresa. Teresa gets married on The Real Housewives in New Jersey, and we have what was an explosive part one reunion of Vanderpump Rules. I have to say, if you have not watched the Peacock version of last night's episode of part one of Vanderpump Rules, uh, the version on Peacock is the uncensored and extended version. I know that's what it said on Twitter. I don't see what was extended because I feel like everything I watched live last night, I saw on the version I saw on Peacock. But let me tell you something. There are no bleeps <laughs> on this version of the Vanderpump Rules reunion. There are no beeps. You are hearing exactly what everyone is saying. And honestly, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I felt like I was watching something that I wasn't supposed to be watching in a way. Uh, because usually we're used to watching things on Bravo and all the curse words and all the nasty things they say to each other are bleeped out. So I Bravo, you have started something with this. I need all the reunions. I need every episode that comes on Peacock the next day to now be uncensored. You did this. And now I'm expecting it. I think that we should all band together as Bravo viewers and make them promise to us that we will now get the uncensored version of everything that comes on Peacock the next day. Let's band together. Let's get information, Bravo viewers. Um, So let's get into the Real Housewives of New Jersey. So we have The Real Housewives of New Jersey. This is season 13, episode 16, and this is Teresa's wedding special called Teresa Gets Married. I have to say the first thing that I noticed when this episode started is how red Louis is. You know, it's the first thing I always notice is... Um, This man is as red as a fire hydrant, and I think that he should go to the doctor and get that checked out because I'm starting to become concerned. Um, So that's the first thing I notice. Uh, We start off with the first scene. This is the wedding venue. This is the day before the wedding. And uh, Teresa's talking about not having her parents there and that she never thought that her brother wouldn't be at the wedding. But uh, if you see the things that have transpired over this current season of the Real Housewives of New Jersey, then you know exactly why Joe and Melissa are not at Teresa's wedding. I, I don't I can't say I relate. I can't say I would ever be in a place with my brother and sister that I would not show up at their wedding. You know, I think that's sad. I mean, like in defense of Teresa, for the sake of the family and the peace, should Joe and Melissa just showed up and just put on a smile and just showed there, showed up for support for Teresa and Louie, even if they didn't really mean it, especially so, you know, Teresa can't use it against them. I don't know. That's a sticky situation. Um, So we have Gia having a conversation with Dolores and Jen Aiden. Jen Aiden asked Gia how uh, has her mom been. Uh, Gia is the daughter of Teresa, the eldest daughter of Teresa. Um, And Jen Aiden's like legit, for real. And then she looks over her shoulder like she's afraid Teresa's about to jump out the bushes and smack her in the back of the head. Because Jen Aiden knows that she's asking something that she really shouldn't be asking. This is the day before Teresa's wedding, and you're asking about Joe. Essentially, I know Jen Aiden did not ask about Joe, but when Jen Aiden asked Gia, how's your mom really doing? Jen Aiden knows it's going to end up being about Joe. Um, So Gia says that Joe, her uncle Joe, Teresa's brother, not coming to Teresa's wedding uh, means that the bridge is burned and they're all done. Her and her sisters, they're done. You know, Gia is entitled to her opinion. She is a grown woman. She's a young woman. 
Um, I just would not be so vocal about the conflicts between my mother and her siblings. That's just me to each their own. We know that uh, Teresa's children operate in a different way than, you know, most of us who watch the show would. So, you know, G is going to have her opinions. Um, Louis reveals um, that he had a difficult relationship with his father growing up. Uh, at this point, we are at the rehearsal dinner that's downstairs in the cellar. Um, and Louis's dad is giving his speech, and this is when Louis reveals that he had a difficult relationship with his father growing up, and that his father was an alcoholic, but he's been sober now for eight years. Um, and this, in this moment, I realized that we really don't know anything about Louis. All we know about Louis is that is the rumors that have been out there about him. The rumors that have circulated on Twitter and Instagram and the rumors that have been spread by Margaret Joseph on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. But other than that, we don't really know Louis's backstory. And maybe next season, Louis should share more of himself instead of being in the mix as much as he was this season, because I think Louis came off very thirsty, which is why he is probably so red. He's parched. He's dehydrated. Uh, Teresa needs to get him some water, fill up the bread of Teresa. Um, so, like, I, you know, because I think Louis needs to balance his personality. He Louis came in hot this season, and Louis... I think got a little bit involved, a little bit too much for someone to be the future house husband of Teresa. Louis was in the mix a little bit too much. And, you know, that whole situation about um, the private investigator that he worked with to dig up dirt on the other cast members on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. But back to the show, I believe that Louis's dad gave a great speech, um, and that was really nice. So we get to the next day, the day of the wedding. Teresa's hairdresser is doing her hair. Teresa's hairdresser is full of personality, and she talks about the fact that Teresa was gushing over Louis because uh, Louis would send her Sade songs. Now, if you do not know who Sade is, most of you shouldn't know who Sade is. If you don't, Google Smooth Operator by Sade. It's spelled S-A-D-E. You have heard at least smooth operator. I love me some Sade. If I'm home on the weekend, cleaning, doing laundry, and it's a beautiful day outside, you know, or if it's, you know, raining, I love a rainy day as long as I'm on the inside and I will play some, the best of Sade. And it's just, it's so relaxing and soothing. And she has such a beautiful husky voice and I love Sade. So I understand why Teresa would be a little goo goo gaga over the fact that Louis sent her some Sade music. I get it. Um, so Teresa's makeup artist mentions the fact that Teresa's brother is not coming to the wedding. And one thing I have to say about Teresa, as much as she she says that she wants peace in her life, she continues to surround herself with people that love drama and love to stir the pot. And I don't think that Teresa sees that because Teresa likes loyalty blind loyalty, and she likes foot soldiers. Teresa likes people to be soldiers for her and not call her out on her BS, and if you do, she will turn against you. We've all seen it over the last 13 seasons of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. So, you know, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you haven't been watching the show. Um, so, Jen Aiden pulls Teresa aside and gives her a locket with a picture of her parents, which is such a beautiful gesture and really nice of Jen to do for Teresa. Um, then, ter then Jen Aiden apologizes to Teresa for telling Danielle about the cheating rumor about Melissa because she feels like that played a part in Joe and Melissa not coming to the wedding. And even though it kind of played a part and it kind of didn't, you know, I think, you know, I said... On the episode of this podcast where I recapped the season finale of Real Housewives in New Jersey, so this was last Friday's podcast episode, 
I, I fully believe that Melissa and Joe were waiting to see if this rumor would come out to decide how they were going to move forward with Teresa. But, you know, in Ireland, we saw that Melissa was in her room and called Joe, who's back in New Jersey, and said, you know, we probably shouldn't go to the wedding. So I don't think Jen Aiden telling Danielle about the cheating rumor about Melissa was the catalyst to the demise of Joe and Melissa's relationship with Teresa, but I do think it contributed to the problem. Um, and then we get to somehow Teresa's daughters find out about the fact that Jen Aiden is speaking to Teresa about Joe. Teresa's daughters do not like the fact that their uncle Joe is being brought up in conversation, um, they'd, especially since he's not there. And I get it. One thing that has been consistent in this episode so far is everyone is mentioning the fact that Joe is not there. We all know that Joe is not there. That is the elephant in the room. Just because there is an elephant in the room, and I'm talking about like when it comes to this wedding, doesn't mean that everyone has to point it out. And this is supposed to be Teresa's special day. And like everyone is talking about the thing that, you know, it seems like, the thing that brings her the most pain. And I'm just like, you know, for the wedding, at least chill out, everyone. But, I mean, again, it's also a reality show. So these people are showing up knowing what they need to talk about. So, you know, if they didn't, we would have nothing to watch. Um, so then um, Teresa's hair gets done, and it's big hair. Um, <laughs> you know, I used... Growing up, I loved the show The Nanny. You know what, Fran Drescher? And she would be like, <laughs> Mr. Sheffield. And she would like be in those short skirts and like jump on the desk of Mr. Sheffield. And I believe uh, Nanny Fine, Fran Drescher, she would say the higher the hair, the closer to God. Um, but I would also say that this hair is very jersey um, you know, high hair, big hair. It looks like a bird's nest. You know, those bird's nests where the birds like weave, you know, like uh, leaves through their craw, uh, their, their cross, um, their, their nest. It's like there's a specific bird that builds a nest that looks like a, a weaved basket, a woven basket. Um, and I believe a community of birds live in this basket. That is what Teresa's hair is giving. It is given woven basket. Um, and she paid $10,000 for that woven basket hair. But apparently she has the money. And so one thing that's noticeable at this wedding is that this is a wedding full of housewives. We have the glory. Like, this is... This is basically like an ultimate girls trip, but it happens to be Teresa's wedding. We have Dolores, we have Jen Aiden, we have Margaret Joseph, we have Danielle, we have Jackie and Jen Fessler who are on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. We have Chanel Ayan from the Real Housewives of Dubai. We have Jill Zarin and Dorinda Medley from the Real Housewives of New York. We have Phaedra, Kenya Moore, and Cynthia from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. We have Alexia from the Real Housewives of Miami. We have Ashley Darby from the Real Housewives of Potomac. I mean, come on. That's how many, how many housewives? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I mean, pretty much Teresa had her own mini BravoCon at her wedding. But, you know, it's going to get views because we want to see all the housewives. I'm surprised a fight didn't break out between someone. And so we're getting ready for the wedding. Well, people are getting seated for the wedding. And people are sitting outside. They're sweating. And I have to say that one of my biggest fears is attending an outdoor wedding in the summer in Georgia. If you know about that Georgia heat, pretty much once you get past mid-June, it becomes miserable to be outside. Miserable. It gets hot, 100 degrees. It's humid. It could be 11 o'clock at night and you go outside and you're sweating. I don't like it. If it Honestly, for me, if it gets above 90 degrees here in Georgia, I try not to leave my place. And if I do go someplace, it needs to be heavily air-conditioned. Um, so I would just hate 
to be sitting outside in my Sunday's best, or I guess this would be my wedding's best. It's summertime. There's no... Teresa and Louis should have gotten a tent, honestly. This should have been done in a tent outside so people are not swelling, you know, swelling, sweating bullets. You know, Danielle said everyone's going to have a smelly cha-cha. Or was that Margaret Joseph? One of them said everyone's going to get a smelly cha-cha because they're in Spanx. Um, so after the wedding, the we- the wedding was beautiful. It's a wedding. You know, once you've seen one wedding, once you've been to one wedding, you've kind of seen them all. Um, so after the wedding, Jackie, Marge, and Jen Fessler are standing at one of those high top tables. Um, and they're talking after the wedding. And uh, Marge mentions the fact that she feels bad that Joe isn't at the wedding. And Jen Fessler says something that I agree with. Jen Fessler told her friend, Marge, this has nothing to do with you. And I say, say it louder for everyone that's been bringing up Joe and his absence on this episode so far. This does not involve you. Stay out of it. Thank you, Jen Fessler. Let's give some claps for Jen Jen Fessler at this moment. Um, So during the reception, this is when... Things get a little tense. Um, The Gorgers apparently posted an Instagram story of them partying and dancing in someone's backyard. I don't know if it was their backyard or they were over a friend's backyard or Rachel Fuda's backyard or neighbor's backyard. But they posted Instagram videos, apparently several of them having a good time the night of Teresa's wedding. And honestly, I feel like... um, I think it was a childish and child childless. Why can't I? And maybe I need some water. Let me take a sip. I think it was a childish and distasteful thing to do, especially because in that Instagram story, you hear someone yell, this is what a real family does. I don't know if that was Melissa Gorga. But it sounded like Melissa Gorga. But I'm not going to say it was Melissa Gorga, if you know what I mean. Because I don't want to accuse anyone of doing something that they did not do. That would be very, very irresponsible of me, wouldn't it? So, yeah. I I just feel like if you are not on good terms with your sister-in-law, you and your husband, you're not at the wedding, be silent on the day of. Don't post cryptic you know, Instagram stories, Instagram posts, cryptic messages on Twitter. It's it's very childish. It's very childish. You may not like your sister-in-law. You may not like how things have turned out. But I, I, I just think that it was very distasteful for them to do that the night of Teresa and Louis' wedding because they knew what they were doing. They knew that people at the wedding would bring it up and try to, you know, tell Teresa about it. Um, so then Louis sees the Instagram story and he gets heated and he's talking to someone. I don't know if it was his sister that officiated the wedding, but you hear Louis punch something. And one thing that we uh, have seen this season is that Louis is a bit of a hothead, which is also probably why he's so red in the face. Um, and so we find out that Teresa's wedding costs over half a million dollars. And I have to say, their wedding reception entertainment was quite interesting. It was like a combination of burlesque, dancing with the stars, Cirque du Soleil, and a Vegas magic show. You know, what happened? What? Where's the band? Where's the DJ? No one came here for a Vegas show, but I mean, it's their wedding. But if you're going to, you know, spend half a million dollars on something, I think you should probably get your money back on that entertainment. I'm just saying. Um, And that was pretty much the wedding special. You know, like I said, it was a wedding. Once you've seen one, once you've been to one, it's kind of all the same. Congratulations to to Teresa and Louis. I'm so, I I have to say, before we move on, onto Vanderpump Rules. Um, I'm very happy for Teresa 
Teresa deserves happiness. She has been through a lot. Her ex-husband is deported to Italy. Teresa has been to prison. Teresa lost her mother. Teresa lost her father. And so I want Teresa to be happy, but I don't personally trust Louie. And I think that she needs to keep one eye open at night and watch out for Louie. Because I feel like in three or four years and maybe eight years, we're going to find out something about Louie. And I'm afraid that Teresa is going to be heartbroken. And she's going to be especially heartbroken about the fact that her and Louie did not sign a prenup. I don't know what the divorce laws are in the state of New Jersey, but this could get nasty. Louie could come after Teresa for alimony and try to get some of that housewife's check. Louie could try to get, you know, residuals off of uh, Teresa's other businesses. You know, a lot of these housewives post things on Instagram for money. Like at this point, Louie probably knows how much Teresa is bringing in from all this housewives and housewives related businesses that are off the show. And I'm just afraid with no prenup, Louie's going to come for blood if things go south between them. And I pray, I hope that does not happen. But something does not feel right about Louis. Something does not feel right about Louis. Rue la la. That's all I have to say about that. And so when we come back, we're going to discuss this explosive um, <laughs> part one to the reunion of Vanderpump Rules. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We have Season 10, Episode 16, The Reunion Part 1 of Vanderpump Rules. So Andy Cohen sits down individually with Tom Sandoval, Ariana, and Raquel before the group reunion. Um, In Ariana's portion, she reveals that Tom uh, still lives in the same house that they own together. Um, Oof. Lord have mercy. And that they do go-betweens and they have like basically a liaison so that they don't have to interact with each other. Uh, We also find out that uh, Ariana said that they hooked up five days after Guy's Night uh, when they had a one-night stand. I feel like we already knew that already, but just in case anyone forgot that. Um, That is what Ariana has revealed. And Ariana says that she was never suspicious of anything, which we we saw. Uh, There was no suspicion in Ariana's mind, so much so that she was vehemently defending not only Raquel, but Tom Sandoval. So in Tom Sandoval's uh, portion of his individual interview with Andy Cohen, Sandoval confirms that the affair continued after Raquel's glamping trip. So they had a one-night stand. Sandoval pumped the brakes because he felt like they went too far, and then everything revamped uh, after Raquel's glamping trip or before. Well, Tom Sandoval said that their affair started after Raquel's glamping trip. But later on in this reunion episode, uh, Tom Schwartz says that they started before Raquel's glamping trip. Um, So Sandoval also says that he felt like Ariana's gay BFF and that they put on for their relationship for the cameras. But Ariana disagrees. Um, Ariana believes that Sandoval is coaching Raquel to make sure that they get their story straight, Um, which I could see that being true. But at this point, does it even matter? Does it even matter if the story is, like, congruent with each other? What they did was wrong. Like, having the same story, I mean, yes, it would take some heat off of them, I mean, wouldn't it be great if the stories weren't consistent with each other? That'd be so much fun to watch unfold. And we'll see if that happens on part two of this reunion next week. So we get to the reunion block one and the cast comes out. Everyone's getting seated. Ariana's looking hot in her revenge dress. 
Uh, James Kennedy is squirming in his seat. He is chomping at the bit and ready for Tom Sandoval to come out. And honestly, it's so intense. I love it so much. I'm not someone that loves being in intense and uncomfortable situations personally. But uh, watching it on television is so, so good. Um, So before this really gets started, I really want to know if... The night Allie, who's James Kennedy's girlfriend, the night Allie said she saw Tom Sandoval and Raquel at the Abbey, because remember this season, Allie brought up, I forgot to, to whom, that Allie thought it was weird that Sandoval and Raquel were together and out at like two o'clock in the morning. And I know that they did go to some concert or someplace called See You Next Tuesday before they went to the Abbey. So I want to know, and we also know that's the same night that they hooked up for the first time. That was a one night stand. So I want to know, are these two separate occasions or is the night that Raquel and Sandoval hooked up the same night Allie saw them? So I, I saw in the preview for next week's uh, part two reunion that Allie, you see her part of the reunion. So I hope Andy Cohen asks that question of her. And if he doesn't, I hope Allie reveals that because I really want to know. Um, I also love how Raquel is watching this reunion in a trailer in the parking lot outside the studio. If you don't know why Raquel is sitting in the trailer and not participating in this first part of the reunion, it's because Raquel filed an ex- a restraining order, not an extraining order, but it's a restraining order against Sheena, accusing Sheena of punching Raquel in the face when I think it was just a little scratch from Sheena's hooker nails. Um, so... <laughs> Andy asked Tom Sandoval if he would like to say anything to the group, and Tom Sandoval starts crying, and James is like, pull yourself together, man. And Ariana starts going in. James starts mocking Sandoval, crying. Like, this is just the beginning. James is just warming up at this point, honestly. Uh, And then Sandoval finishes somewhat of an apology, and uh, James turns to Lala and says, uh... That apology didn't hit for him. And then it's revealed at one point that Tom Sandoval has an assistant. And I just want to know an assistant for what? Like, what does Tom Sandoval do that's so important that he would need to pay an assistant to work for him when he had to ask for a refund on his $50,000 investment in TomTom from Lisa Vanderpump, which was very generous of Lisa Vanderpump. Um, so then Lala starts going off and saying that Tom Sandoval is basically her ex-husband, Randall Emmett, in 10 years. And LVP felt like that was irresponsible of Lala to say that they're not the same kind of person. Then Lala and Lisa start going back and forth. Lala tells LVP that she rejects her opinion. And I feel like that's bold. Like, I know that Lala doesn't work in Lisa Vanderpump's restaurants, but Lisa Vanderpump and her husband, Todd, Ken Todd, are still the executive producer on this show. Like, let's remember Lala. This is called Vanderpump Rules, not Lala Rules. So in my mind, isn't LVP Lala's boss, essentially, since Lala is a cast member on Vanderpump Rules? Like, I don't know if you could talk to your boss like that and get away with it. I don't know if Lala would get fired because I feel like she adds a lot to the show, you know, because Lala is not afraid to give her opinion and tell off someone and make someone uncomfortable. And I think that's a valuable asset to Vanderpump Rules. But, you know, Lala, watch what you say to LVP because she might get you fired at one point and you all need jobs. You guys have bills to pay. Los Angeles is expensive. And then, wait, we find out at the end of this episode that Lala bought a house in Palm Springs down the street from Sheena. So are these cast members making so much money that they can buy second homes? Meanwhile, 
Schwartz was saying that he was running out of money at one point, and the Toms had to get a refund on their $50,000 investment into TomTom. So I'm like, what's are, are Tom Sandoval and Schwartz just spending money re- recklessly, essentially? And the others are, like, saving their money and, like, investing in things to the point where they can buy homes in the desert, which is where, if you don't know, that's where Palm Springs is. It's in the desert. Um, And then things start to go left with Tom Sandoval and James Kennedy. James Kennedy gets out his seat like he's about to fight Tom Sandoval. Andy Cohen is trying to hold Tom Sandoval back. James won't shut up. He calls Sandoval a backstabbing hoe, among other things that I'm not going to repeat on this episode because if it's not worth it, this is, I have to say, you have to watch the uncensored version on Peacock. No, I'm not sponsoring Peacock. Peacock is not paying for this podcast, even though I will take a check, Peacock. I'll take a check as long as the check clears. Um, so then... Andy has to basically seat James Kennedy back in his seat and reprimand him like a child. Um, and I have to say, because listen, James Kennedy is very entertainment, entertaining. Um, James Kennedy, I feel like it's very valuable to the show. James Kennedy is great for reality television because James Kennedy is unpredictable. You never know what he's going to do. You don't know what he's going to say. Um, But at the end of the day, James Kennedy still acts like a 12-year-old man-child. And sometimes it's a little bit too much. And it's annoying. And at some point, it felt like Andy was talking to his son, Ben, saying, like, you know, walk off stage. And if you have to go pee, go pee. Like, James, you're 31. We're the same age. And I would never act like that. But I also guess that's why I'm not a reality star. So James walks off set to go take a tinkle, and then he turns around. He says, you're a worm with a mustache. With That was funny. I have to say, as annoyed as I was getting with James in that moment, like I was annoyed and laughing at the same time. You're a worm with a mustache. You can't write that. You just can't write it. It just com- it just flows naturally out the mouth of James Kennedy. And I thank him for that moment. I truly do. I'm probably going to name this episode Your Worm with the Mustache or some form of that. Maybe Worm with the Mustache? Uh, question mark? We'll see. Um, but I, I have to say, I think it's easy for Lala to... S- Tell Tom Sandoval, don't bring things up from the past. This is about the present. Because let's all remember, Lala was still the mistress to her ex-husband. And I don't care how long ago it was. It surely wasn't 500 years ago. It was more like three or four years ago or maybe like three or four seasons ago. So 500 years does not equate to three or four seasons. I'm sorry, Lala. I understand that you want to go in and Tom Sandoval because of how he betrayed Ariana and that he slept with her best friend. And I understand that it's technically different from your mistress behavior. But I think those who... Living glass houses should not throw such large and sharp stones. Um, At this point, I feel like Lala is actually throwing a a boulder through the glass house of Tom Sandoval. And watch out. You might get a sharp stone back in your house, Lala. So watch yourself. Then LVB, uh, LVB, LVP tries to reprimand James Kennedy. And honestly, LVP... If Andy Cohen could not get James Kennedy together, what makes think what makes you think that you'll be able to get James Kennedy together? And then James Kennedy's like, oh, I'm gonna get sent for a timeout. Are you gonna spank me, LVP? I'm like, boy, James Kennedy must have been a headache to deal with as a child. I could only imagine his poor mother, this man. He must have said some crazy things to his mother. Crazy. Because James Kennedy's a child. I love him, but it's, that's the worst thing about James Kennedy is his behavior. But it, like I said, it's valuable for the show. 
So um, Andy asked uh, Andy asked Tom Sandoval, why didn't he try to tell Ariana about the affair? And Sandoval says that he was plotting with his therapist. Um, listen, these therapists are out here making bank, and they are helping people plot to tell their girlfriends, significant others, wives, partners that they cheated on them. Like, is that a class in school when you go to school to be a therapist? How to plot to help your patient uh, (laughs) break the news that they've cheated on their partner? Should I have gone to college to be a therapist? Instead, I'm here hosting a podcast, but I'm exactly where I need to be. Um, So like I said, Sandoval said he was plotting with his therapist to tell Ariana about the affair after they have fully finished wrapping this current season. And he says that they wanted to make sure that interviews were done. All of that was done so it would not have to come up on camera and take away from Ariana and Katie's storyline about their sandwich shop, their Jimmy John's sandwich shop that is named Something About Her, which sounds like a song. And it probably should be a song. But shout out to Katie and Ariana for making 200 grand off of Something About Her merchandise. I tell you. Being on a reality show may cause you a headache, but it pays off. It pays off to have this platform, honestly. Like, my, my, so I have to talk about the fact. I know I'm supposed to be breaking down this episode, but so I just finished watching the uncensored version on Peacock. I know I've said that like three or four times now, but yesterday when the show was airing, I went to a uh, Vanderpump Rules uh, watch party. And my friend Jonathan, my good friend, he came with me to the Vanderpump Rules uh, watch party. Jonathan has never seen Vanderpump Rules. He's heard of the show. He's seen clips of the drama on social media. But, like, I told him, I was like, you need to come over my place and I need to show you the season finale of the show so you know exactly what you were stepping into and he came over had a glass of wine we're watching the season finale he's shocked we go over our friend's place we go to the uh vanderpump rules um watch party (laughs) we're watching this jonathan is in shock there's conversation happening about this whole thing. Honestly, last night should have been filmed or recorded for a podcast because it was very entertaining to hear everyone's perspective on everything that's going on. Like, it, it was it was pretty awesome to experience it live and then come back and rewatch it and take notes and then break it down. So back to the recap, then Andy asked Tom Schwartz when he found out about the affair. Tom Schwartz, in the Tom Schwartz way, goes around, around in circle, giving story, but not getting to the point. And his ex-wife, Katie, calls him out. I love Katie. I don't know Katie because this is like my first full season watching Vanderpump Rules in like several years. And I know some people feel like Katie is a little cold and some people feel like she's a little bitchy. But I feel like Katie this season has been the most level headed person of everyone that I've seen on the show. Um, But Tom Schwartz reveals that Sandoval told him in late August. And then Tom Sandoval is shocked by that, you know, reveal from Tom Schwartz. And let's remember, Tom. Sandoval said in the pre-interview that he told Schwartz in late January. And then Lala's like, oh, did you got did you guys not get your story straight? And it seems like they didn't. Schwartz says Sandoval told him in late August. Sandoval said in the pre-interview, he told Schwartz in January. So that's August, September, October, November, December, January. That's a five-month difference. I will understand. If Schwartz said late August 
and Sandoval was like October or late September. But late January is several months away from late August. So they didn't have this story straight in that moment. And I was like, wow, Tom Schwartz spilled the beans. And I felt like Tom Schwartz had to because he was being implicated in this cheatation. And I guess Tom Schwartz felt like there was a reputation to save on his part. Do I feel like Tom Schwartz helped himself in this moment? No. But he, I don't know. I'm confused by Tom Schwartz because he plays this like puppy dog role. And I, and like as someone that has not consistently watched Vanderpump Rules to really know Tom, watching the season, like, you know, I can smell BS from a mile away. I might play a role. I might play along and, you know, pretend not to know that I see the real you. But I have to say that I don't know if who Tom Schwartz is on camera is who he is as an actual person off camera. But I feel like he's playing the role of this like bashful, shy puppy dog guy. And like, I'm not falling for it. I don't know if the other viewers are falling for it, but I'm not. I'm just not. And then, let's see, where was I? Sorry, I got lost in my notes. Um, yeah, so we get to the reunion block two. We get into Katie and Tom Schwartz marriage ending. Um, like I said, I know some people don't like Katie and they feel like she's cold, but I feel like she's level-headed. And she's fully able to articulate her feelings and perspective on things without being performative in the way that Lala is and the way that James Kennedy is and the way that Tom Sandoval is. Because that whole season finale, Tom Sandoval was, I would say, giving an Oscar winning performance, but it was not an Oscar winning performance because when you win an Oscar, usually... As an actor, you have convinced the audience of the role that you're playing. And I'm not convinced about anything about Tom Sandoval. The, I mean, because, like, let's be real. Before Vanderpump Rules came along, Tom Sandoval wanted to be an actor. He was a struggling actor. You know, he had headshots. He was going on auditions. A lot of these people on Vanderpump Rules were trying to get into the business. They were trying to be actors. And they happened to land on a reality show. And so I feel like in last week's episode, um, Tom Sandoval was channeling some soap opera acting, you know, Young and the Restless. And... Tom Sandoval, go to acting classes. Plenty. Plenty of them in Los Angeles. Surely you can find one and come back next season and try to give a performance that's believable. So Tom Schwartz apologizes to Katie for hurting her by making out with Raquel in Mexico, um, which is great. That's a great apology. Then he canceled out that apology by continuing to say he felt liberated by the makeout, though. And then it cuts to shady, shady, gutter snipe, mistress, sideline hoe, Raquel, in her parking lot trailer, smirking when Tom Schwartz said that he felt liberated by making out with Raquel. Raquel, you know a camera's on you. You know eyes are on you at this point. You know that Bravo's gonna cut in some shady clips of you and your reaction to what you're watching on stage. But that little smirk when Tom Schwartz was like, oh, I felt liberated by making out with Raquel. You know, this is why people don't like you, Raquel. Because of situation, like you, you just look like, it seems like you just have no regret. You have no remorse. Like, it just seems like you're just thirsty to be on this show. And I have to say, this whole cast should be eternally grateful for the mess that is Scandaval. Because this show, in my opinion, was on the chopping block. Yesterday's reunion episode got over 4 million viewers. The highest numbers that I think Vanderpump Rules has had in years. 
years. Last year, Vanderpump Rules was getting like seven, maybe six, seven hundred thousand live viewers, which live viewers means like people watching the live version on television. That does not include the people that watch on DVR, the people that watch on demand, the people that watch on Peacock or stream, however you watch it. Um, So to go from 700,000 live viewers to 4 million is a big deal. And this cast has basically secured, thanks to Scandaval, at least another, another season or two. At least. At least. Maybe three. But we have to see how next season goes. Um, so Sandoval says that the one night stand and having an ongoing affair aren't the same thing. But Sandoval, a cheat is a cheat that's a cheat that cheats. Whether it happened once or it happened multiple times. Why are you trying to justify this? This is not a good look. This is your moment to take your lashings Take the heat from your cast. Take the heat from your ex-girlfriend. Answer the tough questions. Don't try to justify like, oh, a one-night stand and ongoing cheatation aren't the same thing. Like, what is wrong with you? What is going through your head? What is going through your head, boy? And then so (laughs) Andy points out that this group is a group of cheaters, which is true. It's very true. Andy said no one's hands in that group are clean with the exception of Katie and LVP, which is true. Like I said, that I didn't I have not consistently watched Vanderpump Rules, so I was shocked to find out that Tom Schwartz was, like, actively making out with several people while in a relationship with Katie. So, Katie, like, I'm, I'm looking at you a little crazy because, like, I know you love Tom Schwartz and you guys were together for 12 years. But what what does that say about how you feel about yourself and what you were deserving of as a person, as a woman, as an individual, that you would stay in a relationship with a man that is humiliating you on national t- television and making out with several people because in my opinion if it's happened several times and there are no consequences to that behavior essentially you're giving permission for it to happen whether you believe that or not that's my opinion this is why this is Bravo T with Jared B because it's my opinion But that's what, you know, what does that say about yourself when you sit there and allow certain behavior from consistent behavior from your partner and the behavior does not change? What does that say about what you believe about yourself and what you feel like you are deserving of as an individual? I will let you sit with that. So then Andy asked Tom Schwartz about uh, this girl named Joe, who Katie said is a, a Looney Tune. Joe is someone that he was in a situationship with. It was kind of his roomie. They were friends with benefits. They were both getting out of long-term committed relationships. So this was basically sex for convenience. But then Andy Cohen asked Tom Schwartz, did they go on double dates with Tom Sandoval and Raquel. Tom Schwartz is like, no, he denies it. But Lala was like, they went to Big Bear together. And I don't know, maybe Tom Schwartz is confused. But okay, technically you did not go on a double date with Tom Sandoval and Raquel. But you did go on a couple's trip. You did go skiing. He says he went... He went there to go snowboarding with Tom Sandoval. That may be true. But was Raquel there? Yes. Was Joe there? Yes. Are you and Joe in a situationship? Yes. Were Raquel and Sandoval in a relationship? Yes. Wouldn't that make it a couple's trip? So in this situation, Tom Schwartz, you look bad. 
that was a great question for Andy. Like that that question was very sly, very subtle, and the results of that question definitely yielded <laughs> results, I have to say. Um, it yielded great results. Um, and then James Kennedy starts booing like he's at a Laker game. Again, the childish behavior. James Kennedy, in my opinion, was doing a little bit too much, but he was earning his check, so go James Kennedy. Then we get to the third reunion block. Um, the Toms are asked about Schwartz and Sandys, and then we find out that the Toms own 5% of TomTom, and LVP ended up giving them back both their $50,000 investment into TomTom because they needed the money. And she still allowed them to keep their 5% ownership, which is extremely generous. How many people do you know can make an investment into a business and for that business to then proceed and happen and open and then ask for your investment back? I don't invest in anything other than myself. <laughs> um, but I don't think people normally get their investment back. But I have to, I, my major, my main question is, do the Toms own 5% each, which means that they own 10% together? Or do they own 5% together, which means 2.5% each? That was not clarified, and I would like that to be clarified. I can probably Google it, but I try to stay off of Google. That's not true. Um, and then Andy asks if Tom Sandoval has paid back his mom that, you know. So allegedly, Tom Sandoval borrowed $200,000 out of her, out of his mom's retirement fund, I guess for investment, or I guess Tom Sandoval needed. It's not really clear what the two hundred thousand dollars was for. Was it for the band? Was it for the house that he co-owns with Ariana? What was the two hundred thousand dollars for? That I don't know. And then Andy asks. Ariana, if she will still speak to LVP, if she continues along in her business relationship with Tom Sandoval. And Ariana's, I, I don't think Ariana was wrong for this response. Ariana has a right to not want to have any kind of involvement with Tom Sandoval. I, you know, it's called creating boundaries. And I think Ariana has every right to say that the dynamics of her friendship with LVP might change because of her association with Sandoval. Ariana's like, I'm not going to Schwartz and Sandy's. I'm not going to Tom Tom. I'm probably not going to show up to a Tom Tom event, even though LVP, you are the majority owner of this restaurant. I don't want to have any involvement in it. And Ariana basically says, but I will continue to show up for you and support the things you do. But this right here, I'm not touching it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with Ariana stating that and making her boundaries clear. Because when you as a person make your boundaries clear and someone crosses those boundaries and then you get upset because that person crossed their boundaries... That person can't be confused about, like, why are you acting like this? What, why, are you, why are you doing this? It's like, you know why I'm doing this. I said this was the line for me, and this line was crossed. So now there are consequences to this line being crossed. Like I said, Ariana has every right to create those boundaries. Um, then we get... At this point, it seems like LVP is defending the Toms, especially Tom Sandoval, a lot. Um, it gets to the point where James and Lala say that they feel LVP is defending Sandoval too much. I think people need to remember that Lisa Vanderpump co-owned a business with Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz. Even if she's the majority owner... Well, because she's the majority owner. If Tom Tom fails, then LVP fails. We already know. Wasn't Pump just closed? How many restaurants does Lisa have left? Because I think Villa Blanca is no more. I know Sir is a thing. 
I know Tom Tom is a thing. I know Lisa Vanderpump owns a restaurant in Vegas now, and I think she's also opening another one in Vegas. So I'm not entirely sure what of LVP's established businesses are left in Los Angeles, but I know Pump has closed recently, and also Pump was heavily impacted by COVID. But after we get that tidbit... Um, James Kennedy walks off, and that is the end of the first part of the reunion. I have to say, it's very different recapping a reunion than it is recapping an episode, because regular episodes of these shows, there's more structure, there's a storyline that you kind of follow with each episode, and this time, essentially, everyone's just sitting around together screaming and cursing at each other and talking about the things that have happened throughout the season and you know I don't want to sit here and mention everything that is said because it's not worth it I'll be here forever if I did and so I try to pick and choose the most notable things I feel like are mentioned or asked in reunion episodes Um, So we'll see. I I think this is great practice because we have, again, a tumultuous three-part reunion coming with New Jersey. And this Vanderpump Rules reunion first part was intense, and I'm sure part two and three will be intense. And I know New Jersey, their three-part reunion will be even more intense. So this was great practice. This was, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, the second half of the week with these podcast episodes, it, it's just so much more juicy because New Jersey is crazy and Vanderpump Rules is crazy and the Real Housewives of Atlanta is a bit lukewarm, but they're warming up. They're only on episode three. And, you know, Martha's Vineyard, it's Summer House Martha's Vineyard I'm talking about. It's their first season. We're getting to know the group. So this this group is not going to go wild and crazy. And if you go back to OG Summer House season one, which I watched maybe a month or two ago, they weren't giving that much on season one of Summer House. Like, it, it was kind of similar to Summer House Martha's Vineyard. Yes, there's a little drama. Yes, there's partying. But we're still getting to know everyone and relationships are being established and dynamics are being established. But I have to say, the second half of the week when it comes to Bravo are really good. And then in a couple of weeks, this is all going to switch up again. Because again, we have Orange County on the way. Then we have the Real Housewives of New York on the way. And by the time... I feel like Orange County comes, Summer House will be done with their reunions, and then New Jersey will be done with their reunions, and then Vanderpump Rules will probably be done with their reunions. So then at that point, what am I going to be recapping? Atlanta and Orange County? Maybe Martha's Vineyard? So things are going to change in a couple of weeks, and we'll see how we have to reacclimate our podcast episode drops to the current programming on Bravo. But again, everyone, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe uh, to the podcast Bravo Tea with Jared B. You can find my podcast pretty much everywhere you can listen to a podcast. We're on Spotify, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts. We are on Google Podcasts. We, we're everywhere. We are worldwide. We're on every pa- platform. So uh, give us a listen. Tell your family. Tell your friends about it. Uh, give us good reviews, please. This helps the podcast in a tremendous way when you give a review uh, because it boosts us. I really want to get on Apple Podcasts lists of new and noteworthy. They have a section on Apple Podcasts, basically new podcasts that are kind of like making a buzz. And I would love to be on that list. I think that's determined after like the first month of a podcast. And we are, what, two, three episodes in? Two, three weeks, I mean. So I'm probably not going to be on that. <laughs> I'm probably not going to be on that list. Um 
I'm not apparently new and noteworthy, but uh, I'm having a good time with this. And we are going to build this community episode by episode, and it is going to be great. So, like I said, subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends and family. um, Give us a good review. And follow us on the podcast social media uh, pages. We have at Bravo Tea with Jared B on Instagram. Give us a follow. And then we have at Bravo Tea with JB on Twitter. If you are a twatter of, you know, if you like to tweet. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I hope you guys have a safe and a happy holiday weekend. Happy Memorial Day, everyone.